0: Thanks for joining us for the Covenant Living Broadcast with Pastor John Butler of Covenant Life Church, located at 130 Atlantic Avenue in Bremen, Georgia. On today's broadcast, Pastor John Butler speaks from the subject of foolish tongues. And now, here is today's broadcast.
1: After, after you, uh, we dip over into Psalms, if you want to slide to Proverbs, we're be We'll read probably six, seven, eight passages from Proverbs today, okay? Proverbs 14, verse 1 says this, Only fools... That's it. Yeah, put that back up. Psalm 14 and 1, Only fools say in their hearts, There is no God. They are corrupt. Their actions are evil. and Not one of them does good. Only fools say in their hearts, there's no God. They're corrupt, their actions are evil, and not one of them does good. Father, I pray that you would, that you would add your anointing to the reading and the preaching and the teaching and the hearing of your word. And I pray, God, that we not just be hearers of your word, but we be doers. Because, Lord, we need our lives transformed today. We need, we need to be more like you. God, I pray that you'd help us to decrease. May you increase in the name of Jesus we pray, amen, amen, amen. Well listen, what would you say if, if financial guru Dave Ramsey called you up and he said, listen, I know you've been struggling a little bit with your finances or, or I know that you've been trying to figure out investments and, and so here's what I want to do, I want to help you out. I will personally show you what you're doing wrong, I'll show you how to do it right and I'll give you everything you need to make it happen. How many of you would take him up on that? Dave Ramsey, personally coming, helping you out. Now, what would you say if the CEO of your company came to you and said, Listen, I think you're you're a nice lady. I think you do good work. You've been working here for a while, but there's some things that you're doing that are holding you back. What I'd like to do is mentor you personally, show you how to do your job better, show you how to be more efficient, show you how to be more effective, do it easier, and do it in a way that's going to get you promoted faster because I see potential in you. Would you take her up on that offer, ladies, gentlemen? Yeah. The obvious answer to both of those offers is yes, enthusiastically, Yes, these are people who know exactly what they're doing and they've offered their advice and their assistance to you free of charge and their only goal is to help you. Why would you not take them up on it? As a matter of fact, you would probably say of somebody who rejected that, you'd have to say, you'd have to be a fool to say no to that. Well, let me ask you a question. Do you think God knows some stuff about how to live your life You think God knows some stuff about how to make better choices in your life? You think maybe He knows a thing or two about how to walk in peace and walk in victory and and all of the things that you want in your life? Well, last week we began a series called Profile of a Fool. Profile of a Fool. And the premise is simple. There are things in all of our lives that we need to change. Things that we're doing that are foolish in the eyes of God. But God loves us so much that he pointed those things out in his word and he offered the power of the Holy Spirit to bring them to pass in our lives. God is literally an expert on everything and he wants to help us change for the better. So I think it makes sense that we find out what he thinks we're doing wrong so that we can do it better, do it it differently, do it his way, and we can see our lives change for the better. So last Sunday we talked about foolish thoughts. Those are the attitudes, the mindsets that we have that are contrary to the truth of God and His Word. So today we're going to talk about foolish tongues. Foolish tongues. Now why did we talk about thoughts first? Well the opening scripture says a fool says in his heart there is no God. Foolishness starts in the heart. Or, or maybe more appropriately, in the heart. Because when the Bible talks about a heart, it's not talking about this organ that, that distributes our blood throughout our circulatory system. It's talking about the seed of our, of our mind and our will and our emotions. It's right here. And so he says, a fool says in his heart there's no God. So foolishness starts in the heart. But listen, it doesn't stay there for very long. Where did Jesus say words come from? You remember Luke 6 and 46, Jesus said, so, uh-oh, That's not the right scripture. That's my bad. Jesus said, From the abundance of your heart, the mouth speaks. From the abundance of your heart, the mouth speaks. So foolishness may start in our hearts or in our heads, but it's soon going to come out our mouths. So if you're wondering whether or not God considers us foolish, you start with your thoughts. But if you don't catch foolish thoughts, then the next best place to catch Foolishness in our lives is on our tongues. What we say will very, very quickly reveal the foolishness that's in our hearts and in our, and in our minds. Now, the book of Proverbs is full of Scripture that is, is beneficial to us and that will show us how to live our lives better. And it talks about, in many places, talks about the foolish things that come out of our mouths. But today we're going to narrow it down to three major ways that we demonstrate a foolish tongue. A foolish tongue. And remember, the purpose is to identify foolishness in our lives so we can get it out. Foolishness does not lead us to be more like Jesus because there was no foolishness in him. It leads us in the opposite direction. So here we go. Foolish. uh, First of all, foolish thoughts, excuse me, foolish tongues babble and brag. Foolish tongues babble and brag. Now, as a matter of fact, we're going to have to talk about bragging at a different time because we're going to run out of time today if we talk about everything the Bible says about bragging and boasting. So I may put out a video later uh, on our Facebook page that talks about this. So let's, let's focus on the babbling part. James chapter 1 and verse 19, James 1, 19 says this, Understand this, my brothers and sisters, you must all be quick to listen, slow to speak and slow to get angry. Quick to listen, slow to speak, slow to get angry. Now, the good news is we're Southerners. Speaking slowly is an easy thing for us. But he's not talking about talking slow. He's talking about being slow to talk before you open your mouth. See, slow to speak is a concept that, that has escaped our modern culture, hasn't it? You know, we, we have invented tools to give us an immediate and vast audience to share our every whim and musing. We we have social media, we have talk radio, we have 24 hour quote news channels, though the the quantity of news is diminishing by the day, it seems, and, and lots of opinions. Americans, it seems, talk nonstop. Nonstop. If something crosses our mind, we share it. Right, I mean we immediately, no forethought necessary, no logic, no foundation of the word or the truth or even common sense, we just open up our mouths and reveal the selfishness and arrogance and foolishness that's often bound up in our hearts. You say, "Well, John, but I like to talk." <laughs> I like to talk. Why is talking such a bad thing? Well, it's not talking per se, it's why you're talking. It's what you're saying and what you could be doing instead that makes the difference. And when you start revealing those things, you often discover foolishness pretty quickly. So let's dive into Proverbs and see what God has to say through Solomon and other wise men about foolish tongues. Here's the first one in Proverbs 10 and 8. It says this, The wise are glad to be instructed, but babbling fools fall flat on their faces. The wise are glad to be instructed, but babbling fools fall flat on their faces. What kind of fool is it? I feel like this is a grammar lesson. What kind of fool is it? It's a babbling fool. A babbling fool. A person with a foolish tongue. Now, not only are they considered foolish because they talk too much, But it's also in relationship to what they could have been doing instead that makes them foolish. Look at what the Bible, will you put that scripture back up for me, Jeremy? Look at what the Bible contrasts their foolishness with. It says a wise person is glad to be instructed. Somebody's trying to teach them something. A wise person listens to it so they can get more wise. A babbling fool will not stop talking long enough to learn anything. And another verse backs it up in Proverbs 10 and 14, just a few verses later. Wise people treasure knowledge. The babbling of a fool invites disaster. When somebody is saying something that you need to hear, something that you don't know, a wise person's going to be quiet and listen. A foolish person just going to keep talking, just going to keep talking. How many times have you tried over and over again to tell somebody something they desperately needed to know, but they refused to listen? It, isn't that frustrating? Don't don't point. Don't nudge. Isn't that frustrating to tell somebody that they want to know? You know, you can't learn anything while you're talking. can't learn anything you don't know while you're talking. You know, I was a public school teacher and administrator for 10 years and and when I was in the classroom, drove me nuts. A student would ask a question, and then before I could give them the answer, they already started a conversation with somebody else. They asked me a question, they didn't listen to the answer. A foolish person is just going to continue to talk. Or sometimes they just ask another question before I answer the first one. That they just, they just want to hear themselves ask the question. They don't want to wait long enough to hear the answer. Can the teachers in here give me a little amen or something this morning? Does that drive you all crazy? Yeah. So you say, well, John, they're just kids. You know, they're just kids. Adults would never do that. You're not teaching kids' church this morning. Adults would never do anything like that. Is that right? Have you, you ever had somebody ask you for advice, but they kept talking so much they never had time to hear your answer? You know, you ever had somebody ask you for help, but then they kept trying to prove how they were right, and the other person was wrong, never stopped to hear what you might have to say? Here's the follow-up question. How many of you have been that person? I guess we all have at one time or the other. God says it's foolishness. It's foolishness. We have to, to, to learn to stop talking so much, especially... When we've got nothing to say, be slow to speak, quick to listen. It might just be that God has already surrounded us with the answers to that we need, but we don't stop talking long enough to hear what God's trying to say through it to us. Now, here, here's one of those one of the ways that we babble sometimes and maybe you haven't thought about. Have you ever prayed about a problem? but you never stopped babbling long enough to hear God's answer? You say, you say, John, you can never babble if you're praying to God. Matthew chapter 6, verses 7 and 8, Jesus knows a thing or two about prayer. When you pray, don't babble. When you pray, don't babble on and on as people of other religions do. They think their prayers will get answered merely by repeating their words again and again. Don't be like them. For your Father knows exactly what you need even before you ask Him. Listen, prayer is a dialogue, not a monologue. It's supposed to be a conversation between you and the Lord. Should we talk to God? Yes, we should. Should should we ask Him for the things that we need in our lives? Absolutely. He says in James, we don't have because we don't ask. We have to ask the Father. But once we've asked, be quiet and listen for His response. And you might be surprised how hard that is. Have you ever tried to go to prayer and spend as much time listening as you did talking? It's hard. It's hard. Because we've been trained to think that the more we talk, the more spiritual we are. That we're going to pray for two hours and we're going to talk to God for two hours. That, 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 that's not it. Wayne Watson, if you remember him, a Christian artist from the 90s, he, he, he called it pious babbling. It's, it's pious babbling when we pray without listening or believing God for the answer. If God responds with the answer to the prayer that we, that we offer to Him, how are we ever going to know it if we don't stop long enough to hear it? Wise people are slow to speak, quick to listen, even in, and maybe especially in, prayer. So we have to make sure we don't, we don't become babblers. Let me show you this in Proverbs 17, Proverbs 17 and 28. Proverbs 17 and 20. I gave Jeremy way too much scripture this morning. So can you find that, Jeremy? 17 and 28 of Proverbs. It says this, Even a fool is thought wise. Yeah, even fools are thought wise when they keep silent. With their mouths shut, they seem intelligent. <laughs> you seem pretty smart till you open your mouth, right? Even fools are thought wise when they keep silent. With their mouths shut, they seem intelligent. So, even if you aren't wise, just being quiet is a good start. Now, why is it so important for us to be quiet sometimes? James chapter 1 and verse 26, it says this. James 1 verse 26, If you claim to be religious, but you don't control your tongue, you are fooling yourself and your religion is worthless you claim to be religious, but you don't control your tongue, you're fooling yourself, and your religion's worthless. If you fail to submit your tongue to the control of the Holy Spirit, and you decide instead that that you're going to say whatever you want to, whenever you want to, as much as you want to, you are invalidating your witness to others, and, and, and God says you're fooling yourself. You know what that means? You're making a fool of yourself. So it's important that we get, out, uh, get, get the babbling out of a foolish tongue. Here's the second thing. Foolish tongues spew slander. Foolish, fool, foolish tongues spew slander. Here's Proverbs 10 and 18. Proverbs 10 and 18. Hiding hatred makes you a liar. Slandering others makes you a fool. Hiding hatred makes you a liar, but slandering others makes you a fool. Hiding your hatred for somebody is bad. If you hate somebody and you never get it out, you never work that out, you never figure out how to get that relationship healed, that's bad. We talked about that last year in our anger series. That's called stuffing your anger, and it's not only unhealthy, it's dishonest. You're, you're lying. But spewing slander is worse. Here's how it's worse. Slander is telling something that's untrue against somebody for the sole purpose of damaging them and their relationship and their reputation. You know it's a lie, but you're so intent on making that person suffer that you decide you're going to do it anyway. You're going to tell it anyway. It's lying, but it's malicious lying. God hates it so much that it's one of the Ten Commandments. He said, "You, you shall not bear false witness against your neighbor. That means you don't make stuff up just to hurt somebody. So we know it's sinful, but why does the Bible call it foolish? Well, I think it's very simple. In Galatians chapter 6 and verse 7, it says, it says you reap what you sow. You reap what you sow. You have to be a fool to spew slander because you reap what you sow. Jesus told the disciples, if you live by the sword, what's going to happen? You die by the sword. If you make a habit of lying about somebody to damage them, how long do you think it's going, to be, it's going to be before they begin to do the same thing on you or somebody else? It's a dangerous and foolish game to play. Proverbs 26 and 27, it says it, it, says it this way. If you set a trap for others, you're going to get caught in it yourself. If you roll a boulder down on others, it'll crush you instead. When you plot evil against somebody, somehow, some way, at some point, it's going to come back on you. It's foolish to spew slander. And so John, why are you preaching this to us? We're church people. We love Jesus. We're believers. Believers wouldn't do that. Please don't raise your hand, and for goodness sake, don't point, but y'all know any lying church people? Ephesians chapter four. Verse 21 says this, "...since you've heard about Jesus and have learned the truth that comes from Him..." He, and, and he, Paul's writing to the Ephesian church, the believers, "...throw off your old sinful nature and your former way of life, which is corrupted by lust and deception, and instead let the Spirit renew your thoughts and attitudes, put on your new nature, created to be like God, truly righteous and holy, so stop telling lies." Church people in Ephesus, (laughs) let us tell our neighbors the truth. But look at this, for we are all parts of the same body. Listen, just because you get saved, it doesn't mean you know everything. So I'm I'm telling you today, if you are a believer, surrender to Jesus. You might have been a liar when you met Jesus, but Jesus is the truth. So you can't be like Jesus and keep lying. So Paul said, stop telling lies. Especially lies that are malicious, like slander. It's not just sinful, it's foolish. So why is it foolish? It's foolish because it, in, the, in verse 25 it says, we're members of one body now in Christ. So when you damage another believer, or bro, another brother or another sister, you're damaging yourself, and you're hamstringing the effectiveness of the kingdom of God in this world. Only a fool would damage his own body thinking he's hurting somebody else. In order for us to to fulfill the great commission that Jesus said we were left on this earth to do, he said we have to go and make disciples, if we're going to do that, then we have to have every person fully submitted to the Spirit, operating in their gifts, focusing on their mission, encouraging each other in the faith, spurring each other along to righteousness, operating at full capacity. When you intentionally damage somebody's relationship, especially another believer, then Christ's body can no longer operate at full capacity and the ministry suffers. So if you find yourself wanting to say mean and hateful and untrue things just to get back at somebody, stop it. God's Word says you're being foolish. Repent of that sin. Make it right with that person that that you're lying about or want to lie about. And then don't allow a foolish tongue to operate in a child of God. Now, here's the third way that we can have foolish tongues we can can babble, we can spew slander, or the last way is that we can start strife. We can start strife. You want to know the fastest way to find a fool? Find the strife. Find the strife. They're, They're constantly, a fool is constantly in the middle of a fight. Drama mama, y'all know any of those? And drama papa's too, right? Turmoil, chaos follows them. Something going in their lives all the time. Listen, everybody's got some conflict sometime. We can't help it. But if somebody's always in the middle of something, if somebody's always starting something, then the Bible says that person is a fool. I want you to see it in the scripture. In Proverbs 18, verses 6 and 7, a fools' words get them into constant quarrels. They are, they're asking for a beating. Anybody know that? Know a person like that? The mouths of fools are their ruin. They trap themselves with their lips. You see the connection between being a fool and starting strife? Strife is conflict that's usually born out of jealousy. Sometimes the Bible calls it selfish ambition. The, Je- the, the book of James says wars are started Over strife. Proverbs says right here that you have to be foolish to do it. It's like building a trap with your own mouth. The more you argue, the harder it is to get out of it. Look at look at this scripture, Proverbs 20 and 3. Avoiding a fight is a mark of honor. Only fools insist on quarreling. You know somebody like that who insists on quarreling. They they never see a fight that they're going to pass up. They're going to argue about everything. Proverbs 26 and 17 says this interfering in somebody else's argument is as fool. This is a great southern Solomon must have been from southern Israel. Interfering in somebody else's argument is as foolish as yanking a dog's ear. That's stupid, isn't it? That's stupid. And he says you have to be foolish. Some people are so full of strife, they can't even resist somebody else's argument somebody else's battle. They'll argue and fight even when it doesn't involve them. I've seen that with kids at school and and adults too. Sometimes you just have to stop and say why are you even talking? This doesn't even concern you. It's not your business. You're, You're a fool, the Bible says, to take up somebody else's offense. Mind your own business, the Bible says. Listen, if you can't resist an argument, you just have to get involved in strife. The Bible says you're foolish. You're not Christ-like. That's not fruit of the Spirit. It's just foolishness. Look at 1 Timothy chapter 2. Bring this into the New Testament. 1 Timothy 2 and 2. Pray this way for kings and all who are in authority so that we can live peaceful and quiet lives marked by godliness and dignity. A godly life should be characterized by peace, not conflict. I'm not saying a godly person won't be attacked. I'm not saying that they won't have to defend the, the faith. I'm not saying they won't have to confront problems and issues, especially if they're in leadership. But if they're simply starting strife, never walking away from an argument, there's a problem. There's a character problem there. And the problem is either pride, which says, I'm always right, so I'm going to argue until the death because I know I'm always right, or it's low self esteem which says if I allow them to prove me wrong, then I, they're, they're going to think I'm dumb or I'm worthless. So I'm going to argue to the death to make sure I'm right, to make myself feel better. we got to learn to stop arguing about things, especially things that don't matter. And honestly, there's just not that much that matters enough to start a fight about it. Paul was so serious about, about avoiding selfish conflicts, he even told the church at Corinth, you don't even sue each other. Don't even sue each other if they've done you wrong. If they're a believer, do not sue them if they've done you wrong. Look at this, 1 Corinthians chapter 6, and verse 6, but instead, one believer sues another right in front, of other, uh, in front of unbelievers. Even to have such lawsuits with one another is a defeat for you. Why not just accept the injustice and leave it at that? Why not let yourselves be cheated? He said it's better to get taken advantage of than to get involved in strife in the body of Christ. Why is that? And why is it considered, why is starting strife considered foolish? And I think the answer is found in James chapter 3. That chapter opens with a discussion about the tongue. We've already read from that a few minutes ago. But but now look at verse 13. James 3 and 13. If you're wise and you understand God's ways, prove it by living an honorable life. Look, doing good works with humility that comes from wisdom. That means if you're not foolish, but you're wise, you're going to be humble and honorable. Now, look at verses 14 and 15. But if you're bitterly jealous and there's selfish ambition in your heart, that's strife, Don't cover up the truth with boasting and lying. You see what happens when you have foolishness in your heart? There's the bragging. There's the slander, the lying. For jealousy and selfishness are not God's kind of wisdom. Such things are earthly, look at this, earthly, unspiritual, and demonic. Now we see what happens when you're not wise but foolish. The boasting that we just talked about babbling and bragging. There's, there's lying that we just talked about, spewing slander. It's not just foolish. James says it's demonic. It's bad. Well, what caused it? Verse 16 tells you what caused it. For wherever there is jealousy and strife, selfish ambition, there you'll find disorder and every kind of evil. That's why it's foolish to start strife. When you start strife, You're opening a door for confusion and chaos and disorder and every kind of evil. Wrap your brain around that for a second. Every kind. There's not a sin that you can commit. There's not a crime that you can name that can't be traced back to jealousy and strife if you give it enough time. Why would we ever allow that in our lives? Why would we ever allow strife in our churches? Why would we ever allow strife in our families? Why would we ever allow strife in our businesses? I'll tell you why foolishness. The Bible says you have to be a fool to allow strife to start. Listen, foolishness starts in the heart. The fool says in their heart, There is no God. That means he or she either denies the existence of God or denies the application of God's Word and His truth. If we don't catch ourselves when we have foolish thoughts, the next best place to catch foolishness is with our tongues. But listen, once our tongues spout foolishness, either through babbling or through spewing slander or through starting strife, there are consequences. You can catch a thought without there being consequences, but once Once it leaves your tongue, there's going to be consequences. Why is that? Here's the last scripture Proverbs 18 and 21. The tongue can bring death or life, and those those who love to talk will reap the consequences. Listen, foolish tongues are either going to create death, or they're going to. Foolish tongues will always create death. Wise tongues will always create life. James says, be slow to speak, quick to listen to the word of God. And let's run foolishness out of our lives. So you can speak life or you can speak strife. You can speak life or you can speak lies. You can speak life or you can talk. We can talk ourselves to death. But the choice is ours. The choice is ours. Would you stand with me this morning?
0: We pray that you've been blessed and inspired by today's Covenant Living broadcast with Pastor John Butler. You can hear today's message in its entirety by visiting our website at covenantlifewestga.org. You can find this video there on our homepage. Just click the YouTube button and make sure you subscribe to our YouTube channel. Give us a call at 770 537 3747. That's 770 537 3747. At Covenant Life, our mission is to go and make disciples by being real, relational, and reaching. Be sure to join us next week for more Covenant Living with Pastor John Butler.